Hello, and welcome to the Aquarian Spirals podcast. Musings on astrology, cosmology, practical woo, non-monogamy, and just general witchiness. Your guide to love-soaked revolution and paradigm shift. Hello friends, welcome to episode 30 for sometime in mid-October, who knows when this will be finished and and published, Um, but I'm your host, Amanda Moreno, queered up evolutionary astrologer, soul worker, and professional wanderer through Libra's Hall of Mirrors. Welcome back. Um, I can't believe that I haven't done a podcast since the end of July. I was really thinking it was something more like the end of August, but so it goes. Here we are. I clearly went on some (laughs) adventures, both both physical, emotional, and health-wise in the last couple months. So um, happy to have you back here. Thanks for listening. And my episode today, you know, I've been thinking about it for a couple weeks and I wanted to put out um, an episode that was specifically dedicated to the astrology of the rest of the year. Uh, But I am just not feeling super capable of that level of granularity right now, like taking you through specific astrological um, transits. And honestly, there are so many good podcasts out there that do that. And so I think that you know, this is going to be more of an unscripted and unplanned tour through various ponderings I'm having and suggestions I have. And I'm sure that we'll touch on astrological events, definitely the eclipses that are coming up. Um, But because it's a little bit more free form, there might be some more errors and, you know, parts where I just don't make sense, maybe, I don't know. Um, So Thanks for coming along for the ride. And so before I launch in, just a few announcements. One is that I have a very limited number of sessions, appointments left for this year. Um, I only have four spots next for, excuse me, four spots left for new clients in general. Um, And so that is for the rest of 2022, but I won't begin accepting new clients again until probably March of 2023. So if you've been thinking that you want to work with me, now would be a really great time to get that scheduled. Um, I do offer sliding scale sessions for folks. Details about that are on my scheduling page. This includes anybody who has not worked with me in the last six months. Uh, After about six months, you are considered a new client again. So if you're wanting to do a transit update, now would be a good time to get that scheduled. And then for those of you who do work with me on an ongoing basis, I I have a few more than four left for the rest of the year for you, but I would suggest getting things scheduled. Um, That brings me to a second announcement, which is that I will be, you know, as always, it is a tradition, I will be doing my year ahead readings. Registration for those will start in the beginning of December. They will be given to my Patreon people first and then released to the general public after that. There will be a limited supply of them. They always sell out. Um, But I, you know, start registration for them in December and then start producing them in January. And the reason for that 
split in there, that break in there, is honestly because by selling them at the beginning of December, then I am able to take two weeks off at the end of the year, which is really vital to me just kind of like coming back with a fresh perspective. And so I always take two weeks off of client work at the end of the year. I do research for the year ahead stuff. I come up with the theme and the artwork, and then I start producing them in January. Um, other announcements. I do have two astro circles left this year. October will be planet squaring the nodes. And then November is about phasal relationships. And so these are both very evolutionary astrology focused astro circles. Tickets are not on sale to the general public, but you can join my Patreon for as low as $5 a month to get access to the live circle. And then $20 a month gets you access to the live circle and the recording. Um, that might be all of my announcements. Although if you are in Seattle, I will be teaching a live, um, in-person beginners course at North Seattle college starting in just a couple weeks. It's a six week course. We meet for two hours on Wednesday night. So if you're wanting to just like learn the basics of astrology and how to use it for personal growth, that would be a good thing to check out as well. Okay. One more thing, one more announcement. Um, I recently did a panel conversation for OPA Live, that's the Organization for Professional Astrologers, about relationship diversity in astrology. Uh, and then I wrote an article on the same topic for their journal, and that is out now. The Career Astrologer is the name of the publication. You can see the article in there. I'm pretty happy about it. It's, you know, it's pretty simple and straightforward, but. It's a good deal. It was fun to write it. And then I did a presentation for San Francisco Astrological Society at the end of August um, about the moon, Uranus, and intergenerational healing. And I will hopefully have that up on my website soon for sale. Okay. So where are we now? Um, I am recording this right around the time of the Aries full moon. So that takes place October 9th at 1.55 p.m. Pacific time. It takes place in 16 degrees of Aries. So the moon is in Aries. The sun is in Libra. Full moon is always a time that heightens a, a specific polarity. So here we're talking about the Aries-Libra axis. Uh, this full moon is taking place in a conjunction with Chiron. And also conjunct asteroid psyche, which I keep telling people about, but I'm still not sure how I'm weaving that into things. Um, but it also takes place the day after Pluto stations direct. So Pluto has been retrograde since the end of April, right around the time of our first eclipse window for this year. And so, you know, the outer planets spend about half of the year retrograde. So, you know, no big deal if they're retrograde. But oftentimes what I notice around the time that they station is that dream activity kicks up a lot. Um, emotions can feel more garbled than normal. Some people who are really sensitive to the planetary energy involved, so in this case Pluto, or who have like important points near the degree where Pluto is stationing, so 26 Capricorn, uh, will feel it a little bit more. 
And then because Pluto stationing direct, what that's kind of suggesting symbolically is like the energy of Pluto has been very inward for six months and now it's going back outward again. Hmm, what does that mean? I think at the practical level, it can be that like, you know, inner excavations that you've been doing might start to become more clear now. Um, if you've been really focused on Plutonian work or like really engaging in emotional heavy lifting and therapy or something like that, then you might start being able to more easily use what you've been learning. But I think that, you know, for me, when I just think about the flow of the next couple months, it has this feel, the energy has this feel of like heading into something. Now, you know, Northern Hemisphere, we are heading into the winter. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so there's that. Um, but we're also headed into an eclipse season that is just drenched in Scorpio, right? And I, I do look at Pluto as the modern ruler of Scorpio, although we're going to talk about what Mars has to say about what's happening too. Um, but Pluto, the lord of the underworld, making itself known right now alongside this this full moon. And I did... Um, I put together a, a ritual for my patrons for their monthly full moon call. And, and one aspect of that was, um, it was a, it was an intense visualization actually, but one aspect of that was to come into a felt sense of your power, right? So like imagining times in your life where you have felt empowered, um, where you felt powerful, where it's felt like grounded, right? Where you've had a sense of like, oh, I am a powerful being or like what that might feel like. And then the visualization took people on a path to kind of discover their, their weapon or their tool, right? For their warrior spirit. And I think that that kind of resourcing is really helpful right now. Like that kind of, um, thinking about how to like shore yourself up, thinking about what you're really good at, thinking about, you know, tools that you have to help you through what we're headed into and like really activating those tools and that medicine can be really potent thing to do right now. And so with this full moon, that also means that two weeks from now we'll have a new moon and that new moon is uh, a solar eclipse in Scorpio. And so then two weeks after that, we'll have a full moon, which is a lunar eclipse, a full moon eclipse in Scorpio as well. And so in the next two weeks, part of what I would encourage you to focus on is again, this, this resourcing, this is, that's a great work for any lead up to an eclipse season, but especially because we have the North node in Taurus. Okay, and so eclipses involve the lunar nodes, north node is in Taurus, and Taurus is ultimately about resources. And that's not just like, what do I have um, in the physical world? But, and that is an important piece of it, but also like, what are my skills? What are my inner resources? What are, you know, who are the people in my life who support me? Who am I in mutual networks with? Um, what are my otherworldly resources, right? So resources in terms of like support. And what I have been doing 
in order to prepare for this upcoming eclipse window is like really focusing on clearing and cleansing my my home, my space. I have, you know, torn down all my altars, cleared that space and then rebuilt my altars. Um, I have refreshed the wards and protections on my home. Um, and this isn't for me coming from a place of fear. It's coming from a place of like, this is what witches do, right? This is, this is practical witch work. Um, you know, we see these eclipses coming up that are, like I said earlier, so heavily drenched in Scorpio. Um, and we see this happening alongside the re-intensification of the Saturn-Uranus square. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, I just want to make sure that like my home is a place that feels like a sanctuary where it feels safe. Um, if that is not something that you're like familiar with doing, I can, I, I'm happy to like talk you through it right now. Wow, I'm totally approaching this podcast as if it were like a session. <laughs> but you know, at the basics, you want to have an altar. Right? So, you know, if you aren't familiar with altars, uh, you can sign up for my newsletter through my website and you'll get a PDF that talks about altars. But you want to have an altar. And then, you know, you want to cleanse and clear your home. Um, I have a free article on my website, aquarianspirals.com slash, oh man, new moon ritual maybe. It's a pretty easy tagline. You can email me if you can't find it. Um, that'll take you the steps of like how to energetically clear your space. But it's also, you know, about just kind of like tidying up to the best that you're able, um, sweeping out the old, welcoming in the golden light, the love and light, the protective light, whatever you need. Um, and then you can do things like grid your home. So, you know, people who know more than me about that will be able to give you intricate ways to do that. But like, I just take a little piece of selenite and put it in each corner of my home right? Or each corner of my bedroom. And then imagine that white light of the selenite like connecting, right? Um, I do a version of something called the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, LBRP. Um, I do my own take on it because the way that it is traditionally done doesn't quite work for me. Uh, but essentially, you know, there's a version of like calling in my allies from each of the four directions and the above and the below. And then I, you know, essentially draw in the air a pentacle and in each direction and place them at the four, you know, the four walls of my home and the ceiling and the floor. And then imagine the connectedness of that, right? And ask for help just protecting my space. Um, and so like, you know, you can get creative with these things. You can go intuitively, you can learn, you know, specific lineages and concrete practices if that makes you feel better. Um, but just tending to your home during this time. Right. And so, you know, I feel like every podcast I'm like, I'm not trying to scare you. La, 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 la. And also it's just worth an acknowledgement that like, there's been really intense astrology for a long time. And we're still in it. And we can take that into reality by saying, like, we've been in intense world situation for a long time. And we're still in it. Um, and so when the astrology looks as gnarly as it does for the coming 
couple of weeks or months. Um, I think it's also really important to keep in mind that there are so many positive potentials for this energy. It's just that humans at the collective level seem to have a really hard time, right? I don't think that we have at the collective level, a lot of skills for navigating the positive potentials. And so the really intense things tend to come through, right? Like I was thinking about how the Saturn Uranus square. So Saturn and Uranus was really dominant last year, all of 2021. Um, and it was, it, it came very clear that it was associated with severe weather events. Okay, so each time that it peaked in 2021, you know, we had the deep freeze in Texas and we had, you know, crazy heat wave in the Pacific Northwest and there was flooding and la 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 la. And so like right as it came back into orb this fall, because it doesn't ever get exact this fall, but that is such a technicality because Saturn is an 18 Aquarius right now and Uranus is an 18 Taurus. So they are square. It's just not to the arc minute. Um, what do we have? A hurricane, right? A really, really fucking intense hurricane. And it was a set of hurricanes, right? We didn't get a lot of coverage about Puerto Rico, which is <sighs> super problematic on its own. Um, but Cuba felt the brunt of it as well. And then we have, you know, Hurricane Ian hitting Florida. And, you know, ultimately what this is doing is showing the, the weaknesses in our systems. Okay, so that's Saturn in Aquarius, right? And it's bringing up a lot of survival fears and, you know, inability to get resources. And, and Uranus and Taurus is in some ways like also echoing the sentiment of like, what, what are the systems that aren't working? What are the say, systems that have to break down or are going to break down in order to bring change that ultimately, I believe, can be in the best interests of like valuing all life. Um, and so uh, alongside there being these really like precarious and, and dramatic and drastic and really harrowing examples of what this kind of energy is symbolic of, it's up to us to continue to engage it from a place of what are the possibilities, right? So Uranus square Saturn, stable revolution, genius made practical, uh, rooted revolution, liberating self-reliance, um, abundant currency, abundance in general, innovative agriculture, innovative systems, values-based currency, Deconditioning, deconditioning from outdated values, breaking through avoidance and discomfort, um, cautious reform, reviewing the antiquated, accelerated reform. Right, like I'm, I am actually reading from a slide that I made for my astrology of 2022 um, performance <laughs> um, presentation that I did. Right. But they these are very like there are potentials and there are challenges of these energies. Right. The Saturn Uranus square can be, you know, freedom and innovation. It can also be like suppressed innovation, suppressed freedom. It can be um, 
coming into congruence with like authority and stability that supports all life and like embeddedness in our social safety networks, but it can also be a disruption to those, right? It can be this kind of like riot or reform type of energy. Um, and so this is a continued call to stay awake to the possibilities and to participate in the astrology. Um, I know this can be difficult because we've, we've just been in it for so long and, you know, I, <laughs> there's so many layers to talk about with pandemic and, and multiple pandemics and, you know, economic strife. And I would just encourage you as much as you're able to take care of yourself, yes, and also to not completely tune out. And this kind of gets into another thing I've been thinking about a lot, which is that at the beginning of the year, when I was thinking about like the core themes of this year, one of the things I was repeating to people over and over and over was that this year of all years, it's fundamental to prioritize connecting or reconnecting with what spirituality is to you with your spiritual practices with getting to know yourself at that level and I do keep coming back to that and I think that I I'm just going to keep coming back to it and you know and so I think sometimes when I say the word spirituality it kind of trips people up and so you know just remembering that like uh, language is very limiting. And so when I, when I talk about spirituality, I'm not talking about like bypassing. I'm not talking about like rising above. I'm not talking about avoiding or being in denial. Um, so any spiritual system that encourages and helps you to do those things to the exclusion of being present with what is, and being able to like face what's happening in the world. That's not what I'm talking about, right? Spirituality can include a level of detachment, right? So this could be, you know, like when you have somebody in your life who you love a whole lot and they are repeatedly or periods of time, just like doing things that are harming themselves over and over again, and you try and help them but eventually it's just causing a lot of harm to you as well. And you just have to say like, I love you and I can't do this with you anymore. Okay. So we could say that that's a spiritual move. But when I'm talking about spirituality, what I'm referring to is, you know, soulful connection with the world around you. Um, connection with the sacred. Building relationships with the world around you, not just with people, but with, the trees that live on your street, with the animals that are around you, with the nature spirits and fairies of place, building relationship and connection with yourself and your intuition, building relationship and connection with your ancestors, with the cycles of the seasons, right? With like wheel of the year work, right? Which work? Um, why? Because, you know, it, developing a sense of interconnectedness helps to resource you, but also it builds resilience. Having belief, having faith build, builds resilient, resilience, right? Faith that is based in your own experience. Um, it builds trust. 
It builds a sense of interdependence and softness and confidence and, you know, a sense of belonging, of being supported. Right? And so committing to engaging in those processes and those practices, whatever they are for you, and they can be so many different things. It's just such an asset to dealing with the things that we are constantly dealing with in the world, right? And increasing your ability to not always just tune out and turn away. There is a time and a place for that, man. I got to take rests for sure. I'm like, TikTok is like my biggest love-hate relationship right now. Um, but spiritual practice, soulful spiritual practice is just such an asset. Okay, so coming back to more of the astrological focus, you know, we kind of have in between, you know, the, the full moon-ish and then like... Mm-hmm. October 23rd ish we have a a little bit of a a reprieve I'm like (laughs) struggling to get that word out um but you know Venus is doing some lovely things in Libra and coming into a Kazemi with the sun starting a new Venus cycle um and honestly you know Venus conjunct the sun which is, I believe, the 22nd. I'm going from memory on this. Um, Another thing that I've been thinking about is like with Venus and Libra, it's a great time to do Venus work, whatever that means for you, but like specifically Venus magical work. And so we think of Venus as a resource, right? The ruler of Taurus and therefore the North Node right now and of Libra, so very strong right now. Um, using this time to like beautify your home. I was listening to the astrology podcast and Diana Rose Harper was talking about Libra as being oriented towards the space between things, right? Like harmony in terms of the placement of things. And I just, I loved that, right? Because a, a, a Libran aesthetic can be so different, but it, it, depending on the person or the organizer, right? But it is about, you know, not, not symmetry, balance in the space right so not like perfection and symmetry that's a little bit more virgo um but just harmony in terms of the way that things feel spaciously right so like rearranging your home with that in mind um but also making friday offerings to venus friday is venus's day right and so building a connection with venus not for the sake of acting with you know, asking for something, right? But coming into Venus's influence by giving Venus what she wants, right? Which again, could be different depending on your relationship, but like making Friday offerings of flowers, making Friday offerings of, you know, a plate with like some berries and nuts and maybe some fresh cinnamon, um, giving the gift of, you know, I don't know, jewels, um, Sometimes Venus likes wine, sometimes not, right? You're just paying attention. Um, it's a really great time to like charge amulets with Venusian energy, um, whatever that means to you, for use, 
in the eclipse season to kind of balance out all of the Scorpio. And so, you know, especially if you've just been kind of like hemming and hawing about things like do it now. Right. And it doesn't have to just be Fridays that you make offerings. Um, I do have a practice of making offerings to Venus on Fridays, uh, but it can be any time. But according to me, according to the law of me, and like, sometimes you just got to like, do what works best instead of the perfect, right? What is it? Perfect is the enemy of the good or something. I don't know, whatever that, whatever that phrase is. Um, Venus will be coming through a square to Pluto right before that Kazemi, which happens in like 29 degrees of Libra, I believe. So right at the end of Libra. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not all goodness and light. When is it ever? And I think that at the personal level, it could be a time where there could be increased power struggles. Um, Venus interfacing with Pluto through hard aspect is oftentimes there's, there's power struggles in our relationships with ourselves. Um, because we have Libra and Capricorn in the mix, there can be some tension around the roles that we feel we need to play or are meant to play or should play versus how we're actually feeling. You know, so maybe it's a situation like you're just feeling really intensely emotional, volat emotionally volatile, but like you have to give a presentation, right? Or, you know, that can come through in a lot of different ways, but our society really struggles a lot with this, like how we feel like we're supposed to look, how we feel like we should act and really wanting to be acceptable and palatable to others. And, you know, then Venus is going to go into Scorpio and then all bets are off. Right. So there's this kind of building intensity. And then on, October 25th, we have that partial solar eclipse um, in two degrees of Scorpio. And like, man, this eclipse. Um, I'm just looking at the chart right here. So we'll have the sun and moon together in two degrees of Scorpio. Venus is in two Scorpio. Um, the ruler of the lunation is Mars, right? And it's like, so the the North Node and Uranus are going to be in Taurus, right? And those are, are Venus ruled. And so it does have this energy of like, you know, breaking free or breaking through into um, what really nourishes us according to our true values. But, you know, the North Node and Uranus are ruled by Venus, which will be in Scorpio. So it all refers back to the South Node. South Node in Scorpio is about this kind of like purging, it is about a deep release of grief. Um, it can bring up fears, fears around scarcity, feeling like things are life or death. Um, five days after this eclipse, so once we're in the eclipse window, Mars stations retrograde in late Gemini. Um, and then the second eclipse, so the, the ending of the window is on November 8th. Yes, that is election day. And it takes place in 16 degrees of Taurus. At that time, Venus will still be in Scorpio. The sun will be in Scorpio. Um, and it's all squaring Saturn. And so we have this kind of repetition, or I should say, you know, uh, um, the exclamation point 
on one of the defining features of this year, which has been Saturn squaring the nodes. Um, what is my responsibility to my community? How are the social safety net systems working? Hint, they're not really, right? Like a lot of our systems are in bad shape. Have you been to see a medical provider yes lately? <laughs> Yesterday. Um, they're maxed. They're tapped. Have you... I spent 45 minutes in line at the pharmacy the other day. Um, they're maxed as well. Um, Saturn Square the Nodes has also had uh, really significant mental health issues for folks and at the collective level. Okay, so all of these things kind of come to a head with this question of what is my responsibility to my community? You know, I keep thinking about how like, and, and here's, you know, I don't know if it's my bias or just the truth coming true. It's, it's, it's hard for me to tell sometimes, but like, I can make a choice about whether or not to wear a mask, but that choice is a life or death situation for other people, right? So like, if I go to a restaurant, great, like that's a very, you know, you can opt into that kind of situation, but everybody has to get groceries, and so what are the implications of like not wearing masks where there are people who like might have significant health conditions and might, you know, it might really impact their life negatively to be exposed to not just COVID, but cold and flu. Um, and what are the implications of me just putting on a mask? Because it's really easy to do. Right. So a very simple but straightforward example of that kind of energy um, of Saturn square the nodes, especially when it's being highlighted at an eclipse. <clears throat> and so, you know, I think another thing here with these eclipses interfacing with Saturn, the second one more than the first, um, is that we can also have like a lot of fears around scarcity. There can be some constriction or restriction that comes up, you know, whether it's fears of them or actual restriction, constriction, I don't know. Um, I am expecting a little bit more in the in the vein of um, I don't know if it's inflation that could be the case with Jupiter retrograding back into Pisces, um, but supply chain stuff, supply chain issues, supply chain issues that seems to be a part of this Saturn Uranus square, um, and so I could see that being heightened during that eclipse window. Uh, this eclipse window, well, and, and Saturn is stationing on the 22nd or 23rd. And so there's a reversal in, in movement there or a punctuation with, with Saturn. Um, and I think just, you know, ways to work with the Saturn square, the node stuff is like invest in your community, invest in your social safety nets, donate to your local nonprofits, get involved with food banks. Like, man, that's a big one. If you have extras in the coming months, donate them. Make sure that the people around you are fed. Make sure they have water. Make sure they have blankets. Um, do blood banks have blood, right? Food banks have food. If you don't have the means for that kind of thing, how else can you invest in your community? Okay, that's like very practical remediation for this kind of energy. Um, so then another thing to keep in mind is that this eclipse window 
echoes back to the eclipses that happened on April 30th and May 15th. So there's a storyline. Okay, so you, you might hear or experience echoes of what was going on back then. It could be helpful to reflect on what that was like for you. Um, see how those themes come up again. You know, things that were going on at the world stage at that time. Um, Monkeypox had just kind of come onto the world stage right around the time of the Neptune and Jupiter conjunction in mid-April. Uh, we saw some things with like inflation. So, you know, I've heard a couple of astrologers say that they think maybe the bubble pops with this eclipse window. We do have Mars making a series of squares to Neptune during its retrograde. So it's square Neptune. Now it's going to essentially remain square to Neptune for extended period of time rather than the normal like week or so. Um, that has implications in terms of things like inflation, sure, but also disinformation, disinformation maximus, um, or like strategic miscommunication at the world level. How will this come through in your personal life and personal astrology? It could be a lot of different ways. And I've definitely, I mean, I did an astro circle on the Mars retrograde, um, so I guess if you're not a member of my Patreon, you're, you're missing out a little bit. <laughs> um, I believe that I've talked about it in podcasts as well. Um, but again, just kind of like setting the scene for why it's important to resource yourself now, right? Eclipses, not necessarily, you know, personally impactful, but they oftentimes do exacerbate things and intensify things at the collective level. Um, and so another piece with like what's happening with Venus right now, like Venus and Libra, oh, and you know, I have my own personal feelings about it because I'm usually just like, I don't know, I, I like Venus and Scorpio, I think it gets shit done. Um, but with Venus conjunct the south node in Scorpio, um, one really simple way of thinking about planets conjunct the, the south node is that the south node decreases whatever that planet is about. So if we think about Venus as a benefic, um, the south node decreases Venus's power to do good. Okay. Um, but again, I think that that can be worked with at the personal level. So what are your grounding practices? What fears are coming up? Where do you need to speak truth to power? That, that, that's a really good eclipse question. Um, even if you're just kind of like paying attention at what's coming up for you and then acting on it after the eclipse or even after Mars retrograde is done. Um, right. A lot of times when we see these kind of like what I'm calling gnarly energies at the collective level, they can be worked with at the personal level, right? They can be participated with. Okay, so if we get back into just kind of like really basic remediation for the next month or so, um, you know, we'll say month and two weeks, so the next six weeks, um, Taurus North Node Medicine is like tending to your flesh suit and creature needs. 
Okay. So like, what does body need? Have you had enough water? Um, you want to take a step up? Like, are there supportive herbs that you have access to or energy medicine or like, do you need to put your hands in the dirt in order to like discharge some of the intensity? Um, if you start doom scrolling, maybe like set a timer and look out the window, massage your hands. Definitely revel in the Venusian as much as you're able to. Um, pay attention to keeping your immune system strong. Okay, whatever, whatever that means for you. Um, what practices do you have that unite your head and your heart? Um, Give yourself opportunities to come into your senses, right? Like literally stop and smell the roses. Like you know, maybe that's harder in the winter. Um, but again, this is this is a time collectively speaking of a global reevaluation of values, right? And like what we're really learning. Well, I don't know if we're learning about this, honestly, but I'm thinking about it a lot as like the toll that the isolation and alienation of the pandemic has taken along with just the sustained cascades of trauma and a lot of people are kind of like pulling out of this and, and continuing on as if it didn't happen and, and that takes a toll too it doesn't just take a toll on the people who are you know ignoring or avoiding for whatever reason sometimes it's, you know I, I can't fault people um but that level of like erasing takes a toll on people who are still going through stuff related to the pandemic whether it is, you know, income stuff, food insecurity, um, still not able to go out in public because of health stuff, right? That is increasing the alienation and isolation that, that those people face as well. And that is another way of understanding the Saturn and Aquarius stuff. Um, and so this, this eclipse window might end up being, you know, a lot about grief work. Man. Grief is hard. Um, oh, and there was one other thing that just came into my mind. Let me see if I can grab it. Oh, you know, we have a lot of big shifts happening in the next two years. Saturn's going to enter Pisces. Pluto's going to enter freaking Aquarius. That is like wild. That's, that's wild to me. Pluto has pretty much been in Capricorn forever. Like I'm thinking of some of the younger people in my life and Pluto has been in Capricorn for their whole lives since 2008. Wow, what a trip. Um, Uranus is going to be moving into uh, Gemini. That's a little bit farther. That's like 2025. Neptune is going to be moving into Aries 2025. What? I mean, this is like big time shifts. So I have no idea what I was going with that thought. But I did say at the beginning that this is going to be a very uh, random babbly episode. So I think it's all good. So in closing, you know, I guess just a reminder that there are positive potentials here, that you were born for this, um, that, you know, Jupiter will be dipping back into Pisces again. Oh, I love Jupiter and Pisces. Um, that can help things to flow. Um, It's really, it's, 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 um, it's <laughs> occurring to me right now, coming through to me right now 
to also say that like Jupiter and Pisces like can give you some rose colored glasses, but you got to do reality checks. What are you avoiding? Okay. Are you, are you, are you wearing your rose colored glasses too often? Um, but that can be really great. Um, I think that a lot of this astrology is about commitment. Like what are you, what are you committed to? Um, what is the change you are committed to being? And then kind of moving from that perspective. Okay. So that's all for now. Um, you know, just a reminder that it's really, really helpful for me. If you like what you hear that you give me a five star rating, share my podcast, share my work. Um, I'm really like reveling in the fact that in the past couple of years, I've just done so much, so much teaching. And I really have loved developing relationships with my students. And like, the fact that I've been doing these monthly astro circles since 2014, man. Um, and they've just come to a place where like, I think that there's a really great community that's developing around them, people coming together. Of course, like I do lectures and stuff, but then like we just chat, we keep shit, shit real. Um, if that kind of thing is what you're interested in, again, I also have a commitment to keeping this work accessible. And so that's why my Patreon has options at a $5 level. We're like at $5, you get a monthly new moon ritual PDF. You get a monthly full moon guided visualization and community hangout time. You get Astro Circle. These are all the live versions, not the recordings. Um, and it just like gets better and better from there, depending on the tier. So patreon.com slash Aquarian Spirals. Please find me on Instagram if you want, where I'm not very professional. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't post astrology memes that I make or anything. I'm more of just a human on there. But again, Aquarian Spirals. Um, I'd love to see you at classes or in sessions or just, you know, email me and let me know what's up. Let me know what you're thinking. Um, okay. I'm going to end this now. Hopefully I'll make more soon. Talk to you later. Bill can say